in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers and the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. I praise you for this church, the support from this church. Father, I thank you for this series um, that your son Paul wrote about for the armor of God. Father, it has uh, it's been enjoyable to preach and, and to learn. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for continuing to give us confirmation that we needed to preach this series. I thank you for the opportunity today that we get to go fellowship with all of your children downtown. Uh, Father, I just ask that your light be shown through that process. Each and every one of us, Father, I just ask that we set the example of you today with all of them. Father, I pray for David at this time surgery that's going to take place I ask for perfection father because perfection is of you so I ask you to step in father that you touch him that 100% healing comes from this process and I praise you for giving us the authority to do that we're humbled by that father today you've given me a message This message is something that you've, uh, you've been working on me on since early, early this morning. Um, Father, when I first started putting it together, I was struggling. You know I was. We had that conversation. I really need you to, uh, need you to show up, Father, and I know that you will. I'm standing on that. That's a promise that you give us. So, Father, in this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take that doubt away from me, that lack of courage, and Father, you replace it with your boldness right now. Your boldness, your strength, and most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. A few weeks back, we started this series uh, on the armor of God, we have discussed the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, and then last week, the shield of faith. Uh, today, we're going to continue the series on. I was hoping I could finish it this week, but that's not going to happen. Uh, we're going to finish it next week. So this week, we're only going to talk about the fifth piece of armor that Paul mentioned, which is the helmet of salvation. When I was growing up uh, playing high school football, I remember my sophomore year when season was over and we were in the off season, uh, we had practice. It was more like walkthroughs, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of full speed walkthroughs. You just didn't hit anybody, right? Because, you know, during off season, you, you don't have your helmet on, you don't have your pads on. Uh, well, me and a guy named Rudy, Rudy was the fullback on the team, and I played middle linebacker, and we're going through this walkthrough, and me and Rudy were those two goobers at practice that went full speed pretty much all the time. And um, Rudy comes into the hole. I didn't see him. I was blitzing, and we literally hit head-to-head. -head. Um, all I remember 
was sitting in my dad's office. This was in Linden, and then his office was in Atlanta. And when I remember was sitting in his office, I had left practice. Practice was over in 15 minutes, so we had more going on. I, I took a shower. I got changed. I drove all the way to Atlanta and then remembered what was going on. I had a concussion. Back then, a lot of times we didn't really know what concussions were. But the thing about this was, was obviously I didn't have a helmet on, right? So because I didn't have a helmet on and me and this guy hit head to head, my brain got rattled, correct? I don't even want to preach anymore. It's like, hang on, Father. Father, forgive them. Anyway, to end this story, what was funny about the story was I remember sitting in the chair and my dad comes over to me and he realizes something was wrong. And he realizes I'm a little dazed and confused at the moment. Don't get me started on you, okay? So anyway, he looks at me and he says, Michael, where are you right now? Well, I remember looking at the sign that was outside in the lobby area, and it was Orr Superstore. And I said, I'm at Orr Superstore. And my dad said, oh, you're good, son. Okay, I'm glad you're all right. And I sat there for a second. He could tell I was still a little dazed. And he said, what's wrong? I said, Dad, what's Orr Superstore? I didn't know what it was. Guys, without the helmet on, you're going to get dazed and confused. Y'all follow me here? On the football field, helmets are one, obviously, to protect players, their heads, their brain, so forth. The padding on the inside eases the shock to the head when struck. Uh, here on the field of life, the helmet of salvation is no different to us Christians. You see, the mind must be protected to absorb shocks of being hit in the spiritual realm by the enemy. I want to look at Ephesians. We're going to look at chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. Start with 14. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation. So that's where we're at. We're at the helmet of salvation. Uh, Putting on this helmet helps you govern your mind. We all need something to help govern our mind, right? Right, Mikey? Yeah. It blocks and protects you from bad things that can enter your thoughts, temptations. Follow me here? We all have temptations that we struggle with, guys. I mean... Everybody in this room has some weakness that Satan knows about. And if you don't think he does, you're, you're kidding yourself. This helmet of salvation, again, will protect your mind. It's confidence in Jesus Christ. That's what that is. When you've got, uh, I'm going to go back to football again, because, you know, football's coming in two weeks, and I love football, so I'm getting a little fired up. So anyway, so we're going to go back to football. So, if you're a quarterback, you have a helmet on, and in that helmet is a speaker. 
And the offensive coordinator who's sitting in the booth way up high, he's watching the plays, right? He's watching the defense as they unfold, what they're doing, their blitz packages, uh, the, the, the different types of coverages that they've got on your receivers and so forth. And he's speaking to the quarterback on the field. And he's relaying all this information to him. God's doing the same thing for us, guys. But if you ain't got the helmet on, you ain't going to hear him. You follow me? Okay. No more football analogies. I'm done. Done with that. God is our coach in the booth. Before we can put on this helmet of salvation, though, we need to understand what true salvation actually is. Because that word's been thrown around a lot in church. We're going to clarify exactly what that is today. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is what God is telling us in this verse. I want you to go look at this slide. Pull up that salvation slide for me, Nick. Salvation is by grace, through faith, unto good works. These three things make up the biblical package that are called sal that's called salvation. Uh, but I want to make this even simpler. We're going to break each one of these down piece by piece. It's so important that you guys understand what salvation even is. Why are you going to put the helmet on if you don't even understand what the helmet does? You feel me? Let's look at grace. Let's look at the definition of grace first. Grace is all that God has done for you independent of you. You have no participation in grace. None. God has provided all the grace that we need, and it was given to us as a gift. The gift was his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we have access. Catch this. Through Jesus, we have access to God's grace. Okay? We have, no, again, we have no participation whatsoever in God's grace. Did you catch this? There was a, when, when I think about grace, there's a funny joke I heard a pastor tell a long time ago. He was talking about this, this, this pastor that was in Africa and he was on his way to the church, and it was a small church, it was a poor church, and, it, and he had to walk through the jungle to get there, and he's on his way there, and he hears something growling behind him, okay? And he turns around, and it's a lion. So this pastor takes off running, and he's running as hard as he can, as fast as he can. He can hear, like, footsteps getting closer to him and closer to him. He can hear the growling getting closer to him, closer to him. And, and finally, he can't run anymore. And he just falls to his knees, and he starts praying. He said, God, please don't let me get eaten by this lion. Protect me from this lion. And he notices during his prayer that there's no sound behind him. So he turns around and he sees the lion and the lion's on his knees and he's praying. And the man says, well, I didn't know lions prayed. And the lion said, I'm giving grace. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't get that. It's a different kind of grace. But anyway, that's, that's, that's what I think of when I hear grace. 
how do we get this gift that's called grace, guys? You access grace through faith. I want to repeat myself. You access God's grace, Jesus Christ, God's grace, Jesus Christ, by faith, not works. Not works. Now, I know some of y'all are looking at me like, Micah, I've heard this for years. That's cool. Just, again, nod and act spiritual. I'm, I'm going to get somewhere with this. This is the problem with a lot of churches today. They're all about religious rules, religious guidelines to get you to God's grace. You come to church more, God will bless you more. You give more money, God will bless you more. You, uh, you, 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 you say so many prayers and you light so many candles and, and God will bless you more. Okay? You see, churches keep adding to this religious list and people keep getting tired of being Christians. Religion will wear you out, guys. Religion is trying to earn the grace that God's already given us. And he gave it to us freely, by the way. You don't have to earn God's love, guys. It's like us as parents. You know, our kids, they don't have to earn our love. I mean, we love them because they're ours, right? I mean, I like them all the time. I said, y'all, notice I got two of my kids sitting in here today. I said, y'all don't like them at all times. I always like my kids. <laughs> it's the same with God, though. I mean, you know, you got to think about it, guys. He loves all of his children because we're his. I mean, all kidding aside, guys, I know there's some parents in here that, that, that know what I'm talking about. And, again, I haven't gotten there yet. My kids are young and and they're pretty good kids. I haven't had a lot of problems out of them so far that I know of. Y'all, if y'all know anything, let me know. <laughs> but I know there's some in here that you've had trouble with your kids. They've gone against your will. They've rebelled. They've done things behind your back. They've hurt themselves. They've hurt others in the process. It's broke your heart. But you still love them. It's the same way with God, guys. Think about how many times that we've let him down, that we've hurt him, how many times we broke his heart. Think about it. He still loves us because we're his. God's grace is unmeasurable, unmeasurable. Okay, so the, uh, the only way to access God's grace, Jesus Christ, is through faith. So let's break faith down now. Let's look at the definition of faith. Faith is our positive response to what God has already done. I want you to look at it this way. The obedience or work that I do is to express my faith not earn grace the obedience that I do the work that I do again that's that's to express my faith I'm not trying to earn grace from God 
I do it because I love him. We step up and we're obedient because we love him. We don't do the work we do as Christians to earn favor from God. We have already earned God's favor. Why are you going to go and fight for something that he's already given you? Just accept what he's given you. Have faith in what he's given you. What we do is we tap into God's favor that he's already given us with our faith. Um, okay, it's kind of like this. All right, we all have electricity in our homes. Okay, so, so we got electricity here at the church. Okay, so you're not, you got enough electricity that's going to run. Well, hang on, let me back up. We use a lot of electricity in my house because I live with four women. There's a lot of hair dryers, right? Okay, a lot of curling irons, all right? So, so I mean, I, I don't think I have anything that runs on electricity at my house that I think about it right now. I could live like a caveman, but, it, but that's all from my, from my, from my ladies. TV. TV, football, cowboys. Okay, so that's the only thing that I have electricity but uh think about it guys right you've got all this electricity the the electric company powers it to your home and you've got what it takes to run your refrigerator you know your air conditioner all the other products that you may have but i'm gonna tell you what the electricity company won't do they're not gonna flip the switch for you they'll send you the electricity that you need but they're not going to come to your house and turn it on. Y'all follow me? You have to access the power by flipping the switch yourself. God's grace is the same way. You have to have faith. Christian warriors, do not, do not try to earn God's favor. Again, he's already given it to you. You just have to switch the 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 switch the 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 switch, flip the switch. You have to flip the switch. You got a concussion? <laughs> you too, huh? Flip the switch of faith to access it. Amen. Thank you very much. Now let's talk about, amen. Now let's talk about good works, okay? We talked about faith. We got that. Now let's talk about good works. So uh, good works definition, faith is, no, that's faith. No, good works. Now let's talk about good works. Are you doing this to me on purpose? Did I not give you the one on good works? Who's got the concussion now? While you're doing that, a lot of y'all say, but Mikey, you don't need, uh, you, you, you said earlier, grace doesn't come by good works. But guys, again, there's what I call obedient works and religious works, okay? You're obedient to God because of your relationship with God. That's, that's good works. That's, that's good works, right? Okay. Let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. That's why you didn't have it up. I went out of order. Thank you, Nick. My man, y'all give Nick a round of applause. That's what I'm talking about. 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is, this is again, we're going to look at this verse again. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works. Good works. And again, you're like, but Micah, you said grace doesn't come from good works. Now pull up the definition of good works. Thank you, Nick. Good works is our actions in contrast to our inner grace and faith. Okay. We access God's, follow me, we access God's grace, Jesus Christ, by faith. And from our faith in God's grace, good works will follow. To make that simpler for you guys, you don't need good works to get to God's grace. You don't need good works to get to salvation. But salvation will bring good works. Y'all feel me there? Did I get the point across? With all that mess up that I just did in the last two minutes, that's the main point I need y'all to get, okay? And don't, I'm sorry, that's just who I am. Like, I'm going to mess up every once in a while. <laughs> salvation, guys, you don't, you don't have to work to get the salvation. All those religious rules, all that, all that stuff, all that junk, guys, that's a bunch of rules. That's, that's not how this works. To reach salvation is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you hit that salvation, when you get to that level with Jesus Christ, all you're going to do is good works. Well, not always. Good Christians like me, it's just all good works. <laughs> Think about it, though. Seriously, guys, even the bad things that happen, if you've reached salvation, if you're a child of God, God will take the bad and make it good. Amen? So, yes, actually, I'm wrong. It is all good works. Once you reach salvation, it's all good works. As long as you allow him to take over, that's all that's going to come from it. Understood? Hmm. I'm going to make some people mad. We all know John 3.16, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, anybody believes in him, not perish, have everlasting life. But do you know John 3.17 through 21? I want to go to that in these next three slides. For God did not send his son, okay, so this is right after John 3.16. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. 19. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. Next verse is so important, guys. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. If you have reached true salvation, your obedient works, your actions will reflect God's love. True works of a true heart is undeniable. So yes, you got to have good works for me to say you're a Christian. I said this at, at Chris Myatt's funeral a week and a half ago. He, he requested that I talk about this. 
John 3.16 tells you believe. And all you have to do is believe. And you're a Christian. You've reached salvation. Satan believes. He's not getting into heaven, right? It's much more than believing, guys. This is proof of it, that there are works that must be shown as well. There's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. In the book of Matthew, it tells you Jesus is talking about at the gate, he says people will be there and they will say, let me in. Jesus, I know you. I used your name to cast out demons. I used your names for healing. And Jesus looks at him and says, I never knew you. Leave. You knew his name. You knew who he was. But did you have that relationship? Did you truly? Re That's true salvation, guys. Reach the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's true salvation. And works follow. That's how you know a good Christian. Excuse me. That's how you know a Christian, not a good Christian. That's how you know a Christian. I mean, I want you all to think about it. If somebody walks up to you and they tell you that they're a Christian, and they continue to hurt people, and they do it with no conviction whatsoever. I need you to catch this. They're not a Christian. If they look at you and they say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, that he died and was rose three days later for my sins. I believe that. I believe that. But he continues to do the same sin over and over and over again. And there's no conviction, no heart change whatsoever. Here's what I need you to grasp. Jesus says that when we invite him in, he will live in our heart, right? So when somebody continues to do that, Jesus ain't in that heart. I'm sorry, because that's not what he's going to want done. Do y'all follow me? Guys, you have to have this relationship, and this is how you know a true Christian. If you see them walking in peace and love and joy and harmony, you know Jesus Christ is in their heart. That's not going to be always, right? I mean, we're going to always, we're going to have bad days. I mean, that's going to happen. But here's the thing, when you have those bad days and you make those mistakes, how you know that's a true Christian is the conviction that comes afterwards. I screw up all the time. That's why I cry all the time. I'm constantly going to him, and I need y'all to understand this. I'm not asking for his forgiveness, but I am apologizing. The day that he put Jesus Christ on that cross, he died for all of our sins before and after. I'm going to be honest with you. When you go to God and you say, forgive me for my sins, if you're a child of God, you're almost slapping him in the face because he put his son on that cross to do all that for you. Now, there's nothing wrong with telling him, God, I screwed up and I apologize. I apologize daily to him. But I know, I know, and that's true salvation is that I know that my sins were paid for. I know they were paid for. You have to reach true salvation to even put this dang helmet on, guys. We need to understand it. So hopefully right now you understand it. And I want to discuss why this helmet is so important. Satan wants you to go into the game without a helmet on. He wants to give you a spiritual concussion. He wants to confuse you. He wants you to start questioning yourself. And even worse, he wants you to start questioning your salvation. Y'all follow me with this. It hurts because I hear this 
all the time about Christians that struggle with the assurance of their salvation. They ask themselves, did I do it right? Did I believe the right way? Do I have enough conviction? They start to look at all their imperfections, all their temptations they struggle with, and they think, I'm not good enough to call myself a child of God. Christian warriors, do not let your imperfections rob you from the assurance of Jesus Christ. We are saved by God's grace alone, through our faith alone, in the work of Jesus Christ alone. Guys, if you're questioning your salvation, one of two things has happened. You haven't reached true salvation, or Satan's attacking you because you don't have that helmet on. The helmet of salvation is the assurance of your salvation. Covers your mind, protects your mind from those evil attacks like the doubting that he tries to put in your head. So if you're doubting salvation, again, one of two things has happened. You need to get there. And I'm going to tell you, you need to get there quick. Real quick. Or again... Gotta get that helmet on, guys. Do not allow Satan to get you to doubt your salvation. Stand firm with the full armor of God and tell Satan to get back below your feet where he belongs. When you put on that helmet of salvation, you're blocking Satan from the consequence of sin, which is death. When we have that helmet on, God's already given us the grace and forgiveness of our sins. When you have that true salvation helmet on, he's given you all the grace that you need for those sins. Okay. I had this conversation about a week and a half, two weeks ago with a gentleman. I have doubts. But Micah, you're a pastor. Just like you. I got flesh just like you guys have. I've had doubts. Sure. You think back and you're like, how could all this really happen? How could all of this in this book really happen? You start to question the little things, you know, like the donkey talking in the Old Testament. And you think, well, how does that happen? I can't believe that. Why, how, if I can't believe that, if I'm doubting that, then i, I got to doubt the whole book. See, that's what Satan does, guys. Satan uses our own knowledge of the Bible against us because he knows it better than we do. Guys, he's got it memorized. That's why it's about relationship. He can't block you from the power of the Holy Spirit. The doubts that I've had, again, I don't mind saying it. 
I immediately know that's Satan. I know that's Satan. Man, he keeps pounding those doubts in me over and over again. But then I always go back to the promises that he's given me. And this is what's awesome. He has, he has blessed my life so much. That's all the confirmation I need. So when you're struggling and you're doubting, think about that victory. That doesn't happen without Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen. And I need y'all to understand it's normal to doubt. It's normal. Because here's the thing. This, this book, it, it's a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. There's some crazy stuff in there. But guess what? It takes a crazy Christian to get it. And that's what we're supposed to be. Don't be this half-hearted, laid-back, easygoing, cowardly Christian. You stand up and be a Christian warrior. Put that dang helmet of salvation on and tell Satan to bring it on. Bring on the doubt. Come on with it. I don't care. I'm going to throw verses back at you in Scripture all day long and slap you in the face with it. That needs to be our thought process, guys, each and every day. It's a battle. It's definitely a battle. Your brain controls your whole body, right? So again, that's why he wants you to doubt your salvation, because when you doubt that salvation, you take the helmet off, and he's going to come in and concuss you. Mess you all up. Then your body starts going crazy. Your flesh starts doing things you never need to do, right? Keep it on, guys. Be firm in your salvation. Walk boldly in your salvation. If you're struggling today with that, I'm fixing to call up the prayer team. Not yet. But I'm fixing to call up the prayer team. Guys, I, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Get some help. That's what we're here for. Let us fight that with you. Let us help you get that confirmation. told you there's two problems if you're struggling with your salvation again number one you, you may not have it and then the other is you don't have that helmet on whichever one of those two problems are today if you have one this prayer team will knock it out we'll help you get where you need to be that's our job right grab a pen and paper get you to write this down Go ahead, Nick. Salvation is more than a word. It's his word. 